Welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and for today's conversation, well, I believe we have one that is quite regal and royal, if I do say so myself. Today's guests are Saraxi Juno and writer, director, and creator Amin Shirazi, the team that is behind the upcoming indie animated series Sunnyside Royals of Korra. This is a project that I've been keeping eyes on for a little bit now, and I know they were certainly excited to hop on the podcast. So how could I keep that excitement away? Especially because the fact that Amin insisted on having Soraxi and Juno in this conversation, which turned out to be altogether just an amazing conversation with several passionate people that love this project that you should love and help crowdfund today. They are currently crowdfunding on Kickstarter for the next couple of weeks or so, so check the links in the description below if you want to help this project succeed. If you enjoyed the conversation, once again, make sure you support our guests with the links down in the description below. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff and I absolutely love it. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider checking out the brand new merch shop at 4th Wall. Check the link in the description below. With several incredible styles that you could be wearing today, including the retro logo design, the fun little meme telling people that animators should definitely be paid, and I mean that sincerely, or just a good old logo, check out the merch shop at 4th Wall, link in the description below, to check out all sorts of incredible designs you should be rocking today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Alright guys, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you guys get to go on a desert island on your own accords. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. Get to truly enjoy yourselves for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded on this island. It's your own little, like, mini island paradise just out in the middle of nowhere. Um, however, to make sure you don't go completely insane on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever headspace you want on your own little paradise. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Can it be like a whole network or something? Sure, you know what? I'm very loose. I'm very loose with the rules. So if you want to bring a whole network, I'd be interested. Which network? I would bring Disney Plus. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. Understandable. Is there is there a particular reason why that's the go to one for you? Nostalgia. I feel like it's also just gonna give me a nice little window into the world. I don't know. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. That's a good start. It's a good inch. I mean, especially with the variety they tend to have on disney more than anything else like both nostalgia and the new stuff i mean certainly keep you entertained for as long as you're on this island right wait and also there's like a little hulu crossover thing now that is true or like more than one network well there you go that works out for you uh juno Saraxi, what uh what would you guys bring with you um if it had to be specifically a network i'd choose adults so just because there's so much on there from like when <laughs> i was younger that i saw that just kind of opened up doors of like oh Okay. There's more to storytelling and animation than okay. waking up at 3 a.m. and seeing Inyasha. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're, you're waking up at 3 o'clock and seeing Inyasha. I'm waking up at 6 o'clock and seeing Xavier Renegade Angel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting to say the least. 
Um, okay. Uh, is that the, is that specifically the one piece you would bring or like, is there like a, like I said, either media or art in general that you would w- specifically want to bring with you? Um, if I had to bring one specific art, it would be Avis Demon if it ever gets finished as a webcomic or if I could shoot a cartoon, it'd be just the series of Parapet Girls just be able to watch in a okay. movie. You know what? I mean, either or, just in that general realm, I mean, it's good quality one way or another, whichever one you pick, right? Yeah. There you Can't go. go wrong either way. Exactly. And Sir Roxy? Or... Uh, if it had to be a specific piece of media, I'd probably pick the uh, Final Space uh, comic that's going to be coming out within the next Ooh. couple of years. Because um, that thing's supposed to be huge, an entire season in one comic. Right. But if it had to be like a network... Technically, I would consider 123movies.com to be a network or to be because, hey, free TV shows. <laughs> Wait, I want to change my answer. <laughs> you want to change your answer now? I have I just have a quick answer. If I could, I would bring um, a few extra seasons of Infinity Train. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> That's smart. Make it. Oh, make it. I was so disappointed with that cancellation. <laughs> I think I think I can easily say this, and it won't be an over exaggeration. Just about everyone was okay. Yeah. Oh my god. That's oh my god. That's horrendous that, that it was canceled. I did want I did want to speak about the the final space uh, comic real quickly though. Like, geez, especially like I. I how much of a fan were you of the actual like series before it sadly got canceled because of you know, Zalaz. <laughs> I ended up becoming a fan uh, about a year after it got canceled. Uh, and I didn't know that it got canceled. And so I got to the last episode and I was like, where's the rest? <laughs> oh, and no. I was so sad. But I'm, I'm just so happy because I ended up um, following the creator online and seeing that he was trying to get some, some more stuff created. And I was so happy to see that he was going to be able to make the entire season into one huge book. I wanted to buy it, but it was just a little too expensive for me, but I'm glad to see a bunch of people are selling it out multiple times. Yeah. That, I mean, that's also incredible. Plus if I remember correctly, then, uh, Olin Rogers, like also uh, crowdfund, like an entirely new series. that's basically like the spiritual successor of final space. Yeah, I think it's called Godspeed, or uh, right. is it Goodspeed? I, th- I, I, think, th- I think it's Godspeed. One of the two, either way. Like it, it's it's really interesting to see like the love and support that the internet has given to to him in that series more than anything else. Because I remember like starting out, like oh, there was a lot of people that were like irritated with different aspects of the show, but letting the the story actually flesh itself out and work towards yeah. like a uh, ho- well, what was to be a proper conclusion before stuff happened. <laughs> Yeah, the first season was definitely had a lot of hiccups, but I'm glad that they got to push through that and really make Final Space what it is meant to be. And that that season finale really hurt me. I can, I can only imagine. But nevertheless, all the media that we just basically described right there, that's your guys' answers. You're locking that in. Yes. Yeah. Then if, Sounds good. Then if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, you can support the podcast by going to the new merch shop. Uh, thanks to Fourth Wall. Uh, link will be down in the description below. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guests. <clears throat> 
He is a writer and director with a passion for storytelling, joined by an art director and assistant director to develop the magical indie animated series Sunnyside Royals of Korra. Welcome to the podcast, Soroxy Juno and creator Amin Shirazi. Thank you. <laughs> you remember the name change? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, it would have been so awkward if he, if he said Sunnyside Magic High. No, no, no. I I made sure I, I've been keeping. T- that's something I wanted to go on right. I say I've been keeping tabs of your guys' development and such like that. And I knew I, I saw whenever it was initially, you know, Sunnyside Magic High, and then you guys transitioned to what is now Magic uh, Sunnyside Royals of Korra. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I did you guys justice whenever I brought you guys on for this podcast because I know I could tell just from the little taste I've been getting from this there's a lot of love and passion going into this project. So I figured at least the f- best thing I could do is make sure I get the name right, you know? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but before I really divulge into this incredible series that you guys are slowly developing, I want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin stories of, well, part of the team that's making this thing a reality. What got you guys interested in art and animation and storytelling in the first place? Who's going first? I think the creator should go first. Okay. <laughs> well, um, from a very young age, um, storytelling was always my number one passion. Like, I always used to love um, watching shows, obviously, animation. Like, I had a, I had a very much, like, obsession with media. I think everyone can relate to that. Um, and then, like, when it comes to creation, whether it was writing short stories in class or creating, like, silly characters in my head, it was just, like, always my main outlet. And there was a lot going on at that time, and writing was my escape. Okay. Like, I would even I would even do, like, Minecraft role plays. <laughs> hey, there is, <laughs> there is no shame in that, especially with, depending on how many people you probably got involved with that, just that community, more or less. Stop. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and then storytelling was how I made sense of the world, basically. Okay. So then that's when I started coming up with the idea of like a world ruled by beings enchanted with the magic of the cores beneath. Okay. And like, then I like left the idea and forgot about it but, and pursued other projects, learned a lot about the indie animation world. Um, but then a few years ago, I came back to the idea and brainstormed a couple ways I would rewrite it, how I would go about it, um, the story structure. And it became something completely new and original, um, though with that same Sunnyside title. And then with time, I reached out to these fantastically talented creatives and we formed a diverse team of passionate, dedicated artists. But yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a good start. But Juno and Soroxy, before we get to you, I just want to like touch on one thing that Amin said super quickly. Now, it's one of those, like, for you, you said that, like, storytelling helped you make sense of the world more than anything else. What is it about storytelling in particular that just helps you more or less, like, creatively explore and express yourself more than anything else? Because storytelling, the possibilities are endless. You're not confined to anything. Um, but the limits of your own imagination. Also because in some ways it's simple. You know, um, something I would always struggle with was trying to read people, read how, like how, what's, get, in, get in their heads, right? Okay. But, but storytelling, it's, oh, it's from the perspective of the storyteller. And you have a lot of power in your world. You really do. I mean, trust me, like I, 
as someone that uh, went to school for filmmaking, I uh, went to college for filmmaking, and has both made short films to where you're the storyteller and also is currently helping uh, someone, my amazing co-showrunner, Tipsy J. Hearts, tell the story that she wants to through animation as well. Like, it's really relieving, like, having this, like, beautiful idea that you just want to see expressed out more than anything else. Exactly. You get to spread a message. You get to spread your message. Mm-hmm. Like... It's so beautiful. Whether the message is something serious and impactful, like the stuff you're trying to tell with Sunnyside, or something as silly as, you know, uh, you know bananas are funny. You know, as long as there's yeah. a message one way or another and people are able to connect with it and have a wonderful time with it, that's the beauty of storytelling at the end of the day. Precisely. All right. Now, Juno, Roxy, whoever wants to start first, what got you guys interested in art and animation? Um... So, actually, if you want to go first, feel free to, but if not, I'll go then. Oh, you're already talking. Go first. <laughs> okay. So, for me, um, I was always drawing since I was very young. I was not a very talkative kid. Okay. And drawing just became more of what I ended up using as coping since I wasn't, you know, social and I didn't have a lot of friends. And it just evolved from that into finding shows that are like anime, other cartoons, Symbiotic Titan. Powerpuff Girls, uh, and then eventually later years, She-Ra, and a bunch of other shows that now are very key to me, and I feel very important about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a it's a nonetheless is a good foundation considering all the shows that you listed right there, having all sorts of different ways of like different styles, different ways that they also tell stories and such like that. Like, was there a particular show or maybe like a you know certain creator and such that like every single time you saw that show was like the instant connection more than more than any of the other ones oh that's a hard one to answer um for <laughs> early childhood it was powerpuff girls absolutely i i still have like the blankets and stuff when i was younger oh right that was I- like the starting factor of it my my sister had one of the uh like the fleece blankets of the Powerpuff Girls. It was like the main three like flying through the the city or whatnot. I I remember that blanket so fondly. And I think it's just from Powerpuff Girls being so anime influenced that it was very easy for me just to get involved in watching stuff like Dragon Ball Z with my father. Um, I never watched Sailor Moon, unfortunately. That was just not on my TV, but it was more of the Shonen stuff that I ended up seeing that was on Adult Swim later at night. Okay. And being involved in that kind of um, creative space of just liking that stuff, it helped branch out for me to be able to make friends that were interested in that kind of media. And it just evolved from there into making stores with those friends. And now I'm kind of just here. Well, there you go. There we go. All right, Soraxi, your turn. What got you interested in art and animation? Uh, well, when I was younger, I was always a weird kid. I was definitely one of those kids that were super obsessed with media. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always into, like, kids' cartoons, even as I got older. Um, but I always, like, had this very broad range for media. Definitely cartoons were my fancy, but, like, broad range of media. The main thing that got me into art was my best friend, Deanna. Uh, we were super into Five Nights at Freddy's and she ended up kind of drawing the characters so I got inspired by her because I wanted to be an artist but I always sucked at it so I started copying what she was doing and that kind of got me into like okay I really like drawing I really like uh, the furry fandom and so that kind of got me more and more into this like media based uh, career and then like I I got introduced to all these different shows, but the main one that stuck out to me that really got me interested in a career in animation was Gravity Falls by Alex Hirsch. Yes. And I was just so inspired by 
like how he created it, how he based it off his life, that I was like, I want to be an executive producer. I want to create my own shows. And so it just kind of spiraled from that point. I mean, if nothing else, Gravity Falls is certainly the show to latch onto, at least within like the past, like what, 10 years, more than anything oh, else yeah. that, that really showcases like what kind of world you can create and what kind of stuff you can envelop, especially like not only like not only Gravity Falls, but like Alex Hirsch and both where he came from and like who he worked with and kind of inspired from then on out, seeing all the stuff he's exactly. had influence with like Owl House, Inside Job, all the stuff like that, like that world building is definitely one of his biggest strengths. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on the Owl House. Um, <laughs> like, in general, media definitely has been my safe place. It's been, like, how I understand myself. I mean, my profile picture in general, I feel more connected to cartoons and these creatures than I do, you know, humanity as a whole half the time. And so it's, like, it's so easy to get enveloped in these worlds that you can easily create and these worlds that you love and you can show who you are and what you want the world to be like mm -hmm. so that it kind of represents yourself more. And I, I want to do what Alex did and really influence a whole new generation of animation, especially respect for animation because right. people don't respect animation enough. And I feel like Gravity Falls really got that going again. I feel like people started disrespecting, especially 2D, 2D animation. A lot of people are doing 3D animation now, especially mm -hmm. for kids cartoons. And so... I kind of want to do what he did and really snowball that into something bigger. You know, I literally earlier today, uh, I was on Twitter and I came across this clip of Gandhi Tartakovsky uh, talking about like when he first got into the industry, um, talking about like listening to the old guard that was in animation, like the seventies and eighties when all the stuff was like very basic, very simple stuff. Like the worlds were cool, but like the stories were kind of just like copy paste, repeat like animation stuff. Mm -hmm. And like hearing him talk about like, especially like the executives not really giving much of respect to the old guard, talking about these people that did amazing stuff on like Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes only to be more, or less like you know we're still working in the industry and doing like the bare minimum stuff like it's that kind of respect that like gendy was uh a major key in in the 90s and like the 2000s and like what you're talking about with alex hirsch that i really think that like especially with the crop of animations coming out today both big name and indie animation like i think that love is and respect for is slowly coming back slowly but surely hopefully Hopefully. I mean, we can see, like, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, that 2D animation is starting to get the respect that it deserves, even if it has to be combined with 3D. We're getting right. this whole new era of animation, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I mean, look how beautiful that is. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely having, like, an indie animation renaissance, or even, like, adult animation renaissance. Yes. As well. animation renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the best way you could have worded it more than anything else. Now, I have to know, you guys may have probably already touched upon it, but I want to know, when did this love for art and animation go from just, well, a general love to a passion and then wanting to really make it your careers? For me, it was realizing that um, even though it is a lot of work, S-R-O-C <laughs> is a lot of work, right? It's... It, it, it takes so much of my time personally and the people here as well. But realizing that it, it's so rewarding and it feels so good. And like um, animation changes people's lives. Like it has helped people see the world in different ways. It's helped people find community. And, you know, everyone, we all have issues with our, with our inner children, right? Like 
our childhoods are always like very close to us. Mm-hmm. And then like even for me who connected with uh like Soroxy just connected with children's animation a lot. I felt that like I would like us to have that impact, I guess. Right. Absolutely. I, it, especially seeing kind of the the impact and influence you can have on just people of all ages to be blunt more than anything else. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean to be fair go like on. To be fair, children's animation is definitely one of the most influential because of the fact that you can reach all ages versus adult animation. You can't really reach all ages, typically. You only reach adults or, like, teenagers. Also, for some reason, kids' animation is just better. It, like, it, it has a lot... Because, like, you're co- you're so constrained that you end up being more creative. I mean, look at Bluey, for that example. That, exactly. I was, I, was, I was literally about to say, just look at Bluey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. That's something else I feel like... Um really shines through children's animation the fact that you know they can't always say what they want to say like adult animated shows they can say everything that they want to say and sometimes they say a little too much (laughs) but um like children's animation because of how much they're restricted the ways that they spread certain messages or talk about certain topics it's actually really beautiful and like there's so much symbolism in that that's why it touches people's hearts so much absolutely absolutely plus for for those at home, that is now two straight weeks that I've mentioned uh, Bluey on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Soroxy, Juno, do you guys have a particular moment to where it just kind of clicked from it being just like a general love to a passion and wanting to make it your career? I mean, I know, Soroxy, you had mentioned Gravity Falls. I know if that was more or less the tipping point or just a further reinforcement of that. Oh, you were glitching a lot. Oh, was I glitching? Okay, I thought that was on my end. Oh, oh okay. I thought that was on my end, too. Okay. I was like, oh, no. Okay. that. Well, at least now I know that I'll repeat the question super quickly. But when did it go for Soroxy and Juno? When did it go from a general love to a passion and wanting to make it your career? Soroxy, I know you mentioned you know Gravity Falls being a major point for you. I know if that was the tipping point or just a reinforcement of that initial point. Uh, actually, yeah. Technically, I would consider Five Nights at Freddy's to be the starting point, and then Gravity mm. Falls to the, the main tipping point. Because, okay. like, before Gravity Falls, I was into, like, okay, I love watching these this media, I love drawing fan art for it. But when Gravity Falls came out, I was just so enthralled with the storytelling. And then, like, because I actually had to do a project based on, um, like, someone that I saw as, like, a hero or someone that I looked up to. So I did it on Alex Hirsch. Okay. And that specific project was how I learned so much about the animation community. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do with my life. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I, I got that from the initial mention of it that that was probably a major point. So I'm glad I was somewhat correct in that assessment. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Juno, what about yourself? When did it go from just like a general love for art and animation to a passion wanting to make it your career? It's one of those things where at a certain point you have to ask what genuinely makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure everyone experiences this from like when they start working in food or retail or something like that where they realize, oh my God, this makes me absolutely miserable. I cannot do this. I need to do something that I enjoy. So, you know. It's either I'm happy and I'm creating something or I spend most of my time working something that makes me feel very awful. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like picking between those two. That's where it comes down to for me. Well, I'm glad you're you're leaning more towards the uh, doing what you love route and helping provide this, you know, incredible uh, words come back to me. <laughs> 
words are wonderful, aren't they? Uh, anyways, now, uh, it's incredible to hear that, like, this, this kind of love and passion that you had for art is what's more or less leading the way for you to help out with this incredible series that I definitely just want to go all in and talk about. So why don't we just, let's stop dancing around the issue. Let's just talk about the big, the, the, the main reason why we're here. You three are some of the main players that are helping create this incredible new, uh, coming-of-age action-adventure musical known as Sunnyside Royals of Korra. Now, I mean, I imagine you're probably going to be the main one to describe this stuff, but how did this idea and this concept for the series even come to be in the first place? Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so tons of influences, okay. and we mentioned them um, over and over again on social media, but first, number one influence, Sophia the First. Okay, okay, that's not that. Honestly, that is not a show that I don't hear a whole lot about. I mean, I've obviously heard of it before, so to hear that that's like a major influence is honestly kind of smart more than anything else. Yes. Um. So basically, the only thing that we that I would really watch was Disney Junior, right? And um, Sophia the First was this magical adventure. Like the characters didn't look like aliens; like they they looked like human beings, but they were in this like cool fantasy like it felt medieval but also modern and like the kingdoms were inspired by real nations almost but it was like so it was so cool and the songs were so good i was so attached to it like i was genuinely like attached to the show mm -hmm. and then um just the whole disney vibe like the whole royal stuff i guess and then came star versus or shira and Avatar with like the world building and the character development and all that like oh my god incredible. Okay. So um everything combined I I guess the idea of SROC popped into my head and um yeah. Okay. Wait, what was the that was the question, right? I was say, well, the question was generally how did the concept for this even come to be in the first place? Which you kind of illustrated that with all the different oh, yeah, okay, things on it. Yes, those are the influences, and then what, what, so as I said, um, yeah, after all these influences came together, I started putting it to paper, um, thinking of how it would become, like, a real thing, like, through indie animation. Have you heard of the website Casting Call Club? I have heard of that, and have been meaning to make a profile for it so I can finally get some voice acting gigs, because I really want to do some voice acting. Yes. Well, I discovered that, which was a whole new experience. It's just like this whole new world, mm -hmm. I guess. And, um, yeah. Okay. That's the best way I can describe it. I mean, either way, like, that's a good foundation with all the different influences of being kind of opened up to the world of what indie animation is probably capable of, especially with seeing all the different people available on Casting Call Club. Uh, so for people that, if for some reason this is the first time hearing about Sunnyside, how would you best describe Sunnyside for those that are at least vaguely intrigued? Okay, so Sunnyside Royals of Korra, I have this memorized by the way, no, go for is it. an <laughs> indie animated coming-of-age action-adventure pilot set inside the high-fantasy world of Korra. And it follows four magical royals who attend a prestigious academy where they hone their magic and learn how to rule their kingdoms one day. Do you want the extension of the synopsis? Of course. Go for it. The floor is yours. Amazing. So we're introduced to Crescenta, 
a bold but insecure princess from the Kingdom of Stars, River, a people-pleasing bookworm from the Water Kingdom, Hazel, an intuitive but naive princess from the Flora Kingdom, and Zephyr, an aloof but loyal prince from the Wind Kingdom. Though their lives are not, though their lives are not perfect, together they embark on a collective journey of self-discovery and healing. However, with the impending threat of dark magic casting a shadow over their seemingly promising futures, will these four be able to chase after their destinies and be the powerful rulers they were always meant to become? Da da da. No, that's that is beautifully worded. I'm just genuinely curious, like, what made you decide to have this like cool, incredible idea? When did you? Des- what made you initially decide to go from like a fun little concept that you might toy around with to going forward and making this a reality through indie animation? Well, okay, it was actually very. Um, it was kind of a slow process. At first, it was meant to be an animatic series, okay. right? Just like not animated um smaller team and then eventually our ambitions just grew and grew and grew and um with time i think it was around like 20 the end of 2021 where i was like you know what why not just go for it like but it's a lot like you know people underestimate how much goes into an animated pilot even i underestimated it but like the little things we have to do sometimes like making sure a character's eyes are shaped very very precisely in every on every angle of a turnaround should their neck have a shadow the eyelids right you know the eyelids <laughs> and making sure that this this is shown on every single asset like so it's a lot but it was it was um just the fact that we we believed a lot in the story and what we wanted to show people that um got it to where it is Absolutely. Also, like, um, we started recruiting people, and um, as the quality of the project um, heightened, so did, like, the quality of, or, I mean, the experience of the people who came on, and I think it was everyone's support that encouraged the uh, pilot to just become what it is today. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Soroxy and Juno, I'm wondering where along this process did you guys get involved with the project? Because, I mean, just hearing, I mean, talk about it in the first place, I'm instantly hooked, line, and sinker, so. Um, so, I joined a couple years ago, uh, kind of when it was more of like an animatic series. Okay. And the style was still, you know, there wasn't really a style. The designs were, you know, still all over the place where it didn't have a very distinct, everything has to be this specific. I ended up leaving the project um, a little while after that. And then I ended up coming back, uh, I think a couple months ago. Okay. And like seeing it come to this point, I mean, it's so impressive. It definitely has grown since the last time I've been here. I mean, I can only imagine that. I mean, if nothing else, you know, time, time certainly makes you more or less, what's where I want to look for. I imagine like, especially as the longer people took and especially the more people I imagine, I mean, got on board with it really helped flesh this out to the point to where like, it is a true, tangible, incredible project. Also, it wasn't a couple months ago, Siroxy. It was a year and three months ago. <laughs> what? You, you returned, <laughs> you returned a year and three months ago. Yes. Goodness, I really don't have any concept of time. Look, time is just a flat circle at this point, okay? <laughs> I'm a, it's all timey-wibby, wibbly-wobbly. Oh my god, how dare you bring me <laughs> up? 
Oh, I'm having flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks of my Tumblr days. Anyways, um, <laughs> that was I gotta say. Um, no, I, trust me. I get it whenever I said time is a flat circle. I I could have sworn like just a few months ago was just like my 100th episode. Not you know, and now here we are at like 133. I want to say or 134. One of the two for you guys' episode. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it's it's interesting to especially see like how much has already developed in the time since you were basically essentially there close to the start more than anything else. Juno, what about yourself? When, at what point did you get involved with this project? Uh, last spring. Okay. So like spring of 2022, I had stumbled upon the sunny side account on TikTok where they were posting stuff there. And I was like, Oh, well I have some free time. I could probably invest myself into doing something for fun. And it, kind of just evolved into me eventually becoming art director in December. It was weird because I never expected this at all. <laughs> it's interesting. So I, I did a lot of doodles and I just kept doing extra stuff because, you know, sketch warm-ups and whatnot. I was like, oh, let me just share that. Right. And it just evolved from there. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible how you came in for just a cup of tea and now here you are basically helping really flesh out the vision of how this thing is supposed to look like. It's crazy to think about. Cause it's like, oh, <laughs> just stumbling into a party. Like, whoa. But Gina always like showed the potential. Obviously, like even when when it was when they had um you know less big assignments like stylizing certain character designs, um they would go through the effort to like upload proportions references or go into the specifics of how a character was drawn. And I really really appreciated that, which is why last summer they became co art director and then. I'm eventually art director. Okay. That's incredible. I just out of curiosity, thinking about like I'm only talking to you know obviously you three right now. How big is the Sunnyside team at this point? So, um, including like all the roles, voice actors, everyone? Uh, if you want to include them, yeah. <laughs> um seventy. Seventy seventy people. 70 people. Um it's more specifically sixty nine, but <laughs> um I'm gonna say seventy for now. Come on, Rounding it up. You didn't want to include the simple nice after announcing that crew. <laughs> yeah, because you know, if I had said that, if I had said that, it would seem like I was telling a joke. Um, you know what? Fair, fair enough. Oh, because that's yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to steal your limelight. Precisely. <laughs> you know, what? fair enough. I mean, it's it's incredible what you guys have already been able to develop so far. Um, especially with like this world and these characters more than anything else, which is honestly for me the main selling point. The characters you guys have introduced so far with this series, I cannot help but like love each and every single one of them, and even the little bits that we've been able to see of them. How did these characters come to be? Like, how did you flesh out these characters like ever more uh, to where they are right now, to where they are more or less like the 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 ones leading the charge? Oh my god, oh, this is such a cute story. Okay, so so basically it started off with, you know, the animatic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And at that point, um, they had gone... Okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It started with the Minecraft role plays. Okay, I'm okay. Gonna, I just, I said it, I hey, said it. This is this is a shame-free zone, okay? I completely okay. understand. If, the, if Minecraft is the start, then <laughs> Minecraft is the start. Point blank, seeing what it has eventually developed into... That's cool that it started from Minecraft, because imagine, yes. imagine how many things have started and died in Minecraft, okay? Yeah, Minecraft yeah. is really like this creative journey. Um, what were you going to say, Soroxy? Minecraft has that entire like library of Alexandria, so yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, I guess 
we would just start by we made we made certain characters um like based off of skins we designed or like i don't know um i guess it was it was really natural and then after we came back to the idea i started like looking at those personas and developing them more with the incredible team of writers we have like the ssmh characters have become so developed because of how long um we have been doing this like there are documents for every character and the little intricacies like um yeah like there are paragraphs on what a character's fear is and stuff so long story short that's that, that's when it comes to like personality wise um but design wise they've been through so many different renditions like again <laughs> the Minecraft skins from a long, 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 long time ago. Um, and then I did little sketches and then an incredible artist by the name of Misk Fortune, who, who is like um, lead character designer, who is no longer on the project right now. Okay. Um, but they, you know, made more developed sketches. Um, and then we added more to it. And here we are today. Well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean... I have to know, like, just one step further. What made you ultimately decide on the the four that you have representing, uh, uh, Crescentia, Hazel, River, and Zephyr? What made you real uh, decide that those four were going to be the ones that more or less led the charge? This is such an exciting question. Okay, <laughs> so, um, psychologically even, but I'm going to be more general. Um, they fit each other so perfectly, but so imperfectly. So. Basically, how it works at Sunnyside is instead of being assigned like a dorm, they are assigned entire houses because they're royal. They deserve that treatment, right? Of course, of course. Um, exactly. So there are two rooms, and um, each room has two roommates. So there's Crescenta and Hazel who share a room, and then um, River and Zephyr who share a room. And there are so many parallels with all of them. For example, Hazel and Zephyr both struggle with their magic, whereas R River and Crescenta don't. Um, or Crescenta and Zephyr are a bit more closed off, whereas River and Hazel are more open. Like, the, these four, they have so many parallels, and they're so intertwined with each other, but they don't know how. And then, like, their roommates specifically are almost like they're complete opposites, but also um, they're... Well, I was not going to use that word. That would have been a spoiler. But <laughs> they're um, puzzle pieces. Like, they fit together so well. Okay. They complete each other. Yeah. And so, they were <laughs> oh my god, they were roommates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so that's what's so fun. Like specifically the the roommate dynamics are so fun to explore. Like Crescenta and Hazel, it's so fun to write their dynamic. Like Crescenta is um so loud and expressive, um but also has difficult has a difficult time um, with social cues. Whereas Hazel is this extremely emotionally intelligent person who reads and analyzes every person she comes across, um, which is why it's almost frustrating for them to try and get to know each other that well. But then it's it's also like rewarding for the both of them when they do. Okay, okay. Soroxy, Juno, these characters, how fun is it for you guys to get the, the toy and tinker around with these characters and really like make them be like the character of the, the truest potential you can see them be? Well, you can go first, you know. I mean, let's, let's start. So, Roxy has ideas with the characters you've designed as well. Oh, yeah. I have, um, I don't really know, like, the main characters. I haven't really tinkered with them. But I have um, created, I've designed um, 
because that's how I started. I was a character designer when I first got on here. Okay. And I created uh, some characters. I call them my sons, my kids. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, they're mostly just kind of like background characters, side characters. Um, but, like, what was the question again? Like, how fun is it for you guys to be able to, to toy and tinker with these characters to really make them, the, the to bring them to their true full potential of incredible characters? Oh, yeah. Very fun. I love them very much. Um, the characters I, that I created, mm-hmm. I mean, that was just fun to play with. I like seeing them um, drawn out by other people, too, and, like, see where it can go. There's not really much for me to say on that because I don't really deal with the characters too much. Okay. But, like, the, the characters I've designed, very fun to tinker with. I got to um, add a couple little things that I like to add. Uh, my favorite is Perpetual. Let me just tell you that. That's my son right there. there you You'll go. see him soon. Okay. Okay. I, Wait, I, something I, I want to know, by the way, sorry, I'm so sorry, is that all the artists, the whole art team, mm-hmm. they make so many, like, headcanons and, like, small character notes, even, like, fun meme art, and a lot of that actually makes it into the story, <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Well, I was gonna say, like, at this point, like, it, it it's only headcanon, but you're ultimately the person to make it canon whether or not, I mean, at this point yeah. in the series. <laughs> I mean, you designed the character, yeah, of course it's canon now. Exactly. <laughs> so... I imagine, Juno, I imagine it must be extra fun for you to be able to, to, to really tinker with these characters as well. So I've stylized a few of the background characters. I wasn't here originally when they made a lot of the first designs for a lot of the characters. Okay. But I really like drawing angsty art for the main four. <laughs> <laughs> I share it with Minamindos. That's some of my favorite parts to do is doing angsty little side art and sharing it or okay. just cute little art of uh, the main four hanging out. Yeah, Juno has so many fun, like, composition ideas as well. And you're going to see that in our new poster that's coming out soon. Ooh, but, like, geez. <laughs> yes, Juno, I feel like you and a lot of the other art directors have a lot of um, influence on how people will ultimately see the characters through their poses and their interactions, I suppose. Okay, okay. And, um... Honestly, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the the angsty part of it because that was a point that I definitely wanted to touch upon when it comes to this series. One of the things that I noticed um, when talking, when discussing this series more, than I, or when seeing stuff about the series, is not only like how cool the characters are and how cool the world is, which we'll definitely touch upon that in, the, in a second, but like how personal of a story it seems, at least in the first place. Because one of the things you made sure to emphasize is that this was a story of healing more than anything else. Like, how important is it for you? I mean, to to tell this story of healing through these characters. Well, um, it is actually very important to me because I feel like, especially teenagers, sometimes they need space from their families, right? That's what they're getting at Sunnyside. Um, but the thing is, they are royals. They have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Um, and the main four, they're all heirs, which means they're next in line for the throne. And um, they, the one thing that they all have in common, the one common parallel, common denominator, is that their parents um, are very critical. Mm-hmm. They're very critical. They have extremely high expectations, and they're all perfectionists. They Their perfectionism comes out in different ways, but at the end of the day, they're all perfectionists. And it's only together, because of those parallels and because of those differences, as I mentioned, they complete each other. It's only because of that that they can heal. And um, why the their like placement, their house placement, is so um, good and so strong. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, uh, like... 
Uh, sorry, what were you gonna? You said how is it personal? Well, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like that. That was honestly gonna be like what more or less led to my next question. Like, I imagine like a story like this, especially one that's really uh, rooted in like expectations and and again healing and stuff like that. It could be just me projecting, but I'm curious how much of yourself did you put into this story? Because I mean, you know, oh, I, I mean, yeah. this this is your story. This is your series and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I can only imagine if you may have had like expectations like that again, correct me if I'm wrong, but like how much of yourself did you put in this story? A lot. Um, I feel like this whole message, it is definitely like me projecting as well um, with, you know, perfectionism and stuff. Um, Like my family life. um, Oh, how do I go about this? I love my parents so much, but to be fair, because of like cultural expectations as well, um, and you know, being an immigrant, there are a lot of expectations about like um, your life and how you live your life um, and who you choose to spend your time with. And I feel like this story means a lot to me because I know there is so many people um, who have experienced the same thing. and I think they deserve to be represented. I would have loved to see something like SROC when I was younger right. to know that, like, you, it's okay to be flawed. I know that's the simplest thing, but like, um, do, making little mistakes, being clumsy, it's fine and it's fun. And um, the story is personal to me because I feel like each of the main four are S side to me as well. Like Crescenta being they're all like they're each like impulsive thoughts. Okay. That's how I describe it. Like yeah, I don't know. I mean that that's that's very valid, especially like having all sorts of different aspects of of your life that I can imagine that are like represented in each character and stuff like that. I mean, that's part of the reason why I genuinely do love and appreciate that you're telling this story because I can only imagine like it, how hard it must be in any other art form. It could be to tell this, but the fact that you want to be able to put yourself personally out there, I can only imagine how much help the, the other writers do of putting their own selves and their own struggles in this story as well to tell a truly like, unique and diverse and interesting story that still feels like very rooted and grounded more than anything else yeah um and i do actually have something to add to that now that i've thought a little bit okay so specifically when it comes to royals and my personal attachment with royals um basically um due to like my family's position in our um cultural community mm-hmm. um they were they're highly respected in the cultural community and as a child i would i would always like you know i would equate that to being royal right and you know being royal is one thing because everyone thinks that you have the perfect life and you they're always constantly in the media they're always constantly worrying about what other people think and there's a lot of anxiety that stems from that and i think one of the reasons why i connected with royal stories so much is because I connected with that, you know, with always worrying about what the world is thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Juno and Soroxy, like, knowing kind of the the personal take that's going into this, I mean, either one of you can start by talking about this. How important is it for you guys to be able to help tell this story and to help really get this message out there, whether it be with, like, how personal it is to, like, also the representation in this uh, series? 
that um, the queerness about it is really important to me. I know there's been more representation in cartoons and media in more recent years, but it's still just one of those things I feel like needs to be pushed more so people can see people that are like themselves mm-hmm. and feel okay about it and know that like, oh my God, my dog's barking so sorry. You're fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, just know that being queer and having these complicated feelings about your parents and your expectations and trying to make that found family of people around you while you may not get along at first or you may not think you will sometimes it takes that leap and eventually those friendships become so deep that it changes your whole perspective on how things could be for you absolutely Uh, oh that was such a good way to word it juno (laughs) that was a wonderful way to. i wish i worded it that way And what about you, Soroxy? Anything you want to add when it comes to how important it is for you to tell this story? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like what Juno said, what Amin said, I think it's so important to be able to show people there's more than just one person out there, not just for the people who do exist, but for the people who, like, they're quote-unquote the norm. They need to be able to see there's so much, like, culture so much to um be able to experience outside of your own culture and to maybe go and befriend people who are like that and say you know what this is real life this is what humanity is about because honestly this is definitely one of the most real shows that i've seen Mm -hmm. it has some of the most diverse casts it is actually based in reality because all of the different kingdoms are based on different like things that actually exist in real life different uh cultures different um like countries and so being able to see that I'm, I mean, me, I'm like half white, half Mexican, but I was raised very, very Caucasianly to the point where my dad doesn't even have a connection to his um, Mexican side. Okay. And so I was raised primarily on just seeing white people everywhere, straight people everywhere. And so to see something like this, if I were to grow up on something like this, it would have changed everything. I would have been able to like be able to accept myself for who I was much, much earlier. I wouldn't have struggled as much. And I would have been able to be more accepting of other cultures way earlier. And I feel like that's so important, not just for the people who do experience those cultures, but for people who don't experience those cultures every day. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I add I again? Of course. Of course you can add again. Go for it. Okay. I think also us not having a specific main character, having us with the main four... I think it also provides a third-person perspective that is so humane. The show is at its core empathy. That's what it is. It's about um, feeling for others, um, knowing that everyone truly thinks differently. Everyone has been enmeshed into a different, you know, social system based on where they where, where they come from, how they were raised. Like, and you know, everyone truly does think differently none of us think the same right. and i think it's important to highlight that even you know sometimes like it's it's one writer t- writing the script but something that we emphasize so much is um to make sure we characterize everyone through the smallest things like just the way the word choice that they use there's a lot of thought that goes into that um how long they speak you know it's just we really really care about how humane we make this show. Funny enough, even though it's fantasy. We, 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 talk, we talk about this so much, but like, it is, even though it's fantasy, it's very humane. And it's a story that needs to be told. Absolutely. I mean, when it comes to the rep- cultural stuff that Soroxy mentioned, I am so glad that you have identified with the show that way. 
yeah, personally, I'm also mixed, but like half Iranian, half Indian. And I think we don't get many, I don't know, stories that explore culture in that way, like beyond like the food or like um, certain, the way people dress, right? Um, so I think, you know, exploring the way people, like cultural thoughts, thought systems and like family systems is also very important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, a little side tangent here. I'm so glad you brought up like part of your heritage as well. It just reminds me of a previous guest I've had on this podcast. Um, Roya Shahidi, uh, who is a, uh, uh, uh Iranian, uh, American, uh, descendant, uh, themselves. And like, I remember them telling me whether was, I think it was either on the podcast or afterwards that like one of the things that they want to tell is they want to tell more Iran- uh, Iranian stories, uh, especially like in like animation, like bring more of that culture into animation and such. So, I mean, I can only imagine like, especially, you know, seated in that culture, Indian culture, all the different places you may have been like having kind of that culture really, uh, embellished in this story was probably very vital for you when telling this story so vital i think um i really love Roya. they are incredible um but the thing is what was i talking about yes the iranian indian side of things as as i mentioned this in like the kickstarter as well but you know we don't see people empowered because of their culture very much like but these characters, they're walking representations of where they come from. Because, you know, you know, when it, like if seeing characters who are like immigrants in a Western environment is one thing, but like they are all bringing their kingdoms to Sunnyside. Right. Like, for example, Aurora, she wears a sari and, um, you know, that's she's not trying to dress like Westernly, which is because it's, that's not how it works in this world. Um, but we also see her use her magic and be a girl boss and do all these cool stuff. Like, and same with River, like with this Filipino heritage. And it's just, it's really, 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 really cool. And it's just, it's empowering. It really is empowering. Absolutely. I mean, I, especially like the, the characters, different cultures, just this world in general, which is something I definitely want to touch upon real quickly. The world you've developed for Sunnyside blows my mind more than anything else. Seeing both the, the, the actual like planet itself that you developed, but also like how you more or less like set the different countries and all the different cultures that are going to be involved with this. Like uh, you kind of touched up on it with the culture, but how important it was it for you to really develop the world of Korra as it is? That's a really, really great question. Yeah, we love our world, too. Um, I think... Okay, how important was it? Yes. Well, I definitely wanted us to emphasize that this is a different world. I didn't want it to feel too earthy. I feel like a lot of the notes that the background designers get, or even some of the um, artists, Soroxia Juno can vouch for this. I always say, guys, let's not make it too earthy. Like, it's just supposed... We have to make sure that... Um, it's just impor- important for me to do something, for us to do something abstract, right? right. Even the, the way the world is shaped, it's shaped as an eco, ecosahedron. I don't know, I, I've, even now I don't even know how to pronounce it. I thought it was a dodecahedron. Dodecahedron. No, it's an ecosahedron, ecosahedron, whatever. Um, and, oh, I love the way that our magic system works because it's so visceral. It's very integral. Like, 
because everything is happening within the planet. And yeah, I just I just really love that our world makes sense. That's what what was so important for me to make make sure that the world was it made sense and that it was also magical and mystical and that um it felt full. It felt like a real world that you can explore as well. Well there you go. I, I can only imagine Juno as one of the as an art director for this. It must have been both a pleasure and a task to really nail down the vibe of this like amazing, intense, but also like grounded world, but not too grounded. Like it must have been a fun challenge, more or less. So a lot of the groundwork was made before I actually took the role in December. So I've been working with what what already has been there for us. Okay. But it's been interesting um, with the advice from like the other art director to co-art director and among like our other peers that help with art lead stuff. It's been really interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Understandable. I'm just, I'm genuinely curious now and I want to answer from each of you guys, whether it be from the world or the characters themselves so far, what has been your favorite part or different, our favorite aspect of Sunnyside of S rock. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start calling it now. I'm going to start calling it that now. S-Rock? I mean, that's the one that more or less makes S-Rock. sense. Well, I mean, it more or less makes sense because it's called Sunnyside colon Royals of Korra. So S-Rock kind of makes sense, at least in my head. I think you just gave us a new acronym. I'm, glad, I, I'm glad I've made an impact on this world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, what has, what has been your favorite aspect or different, or not different, favorite aspect or favorite de- detail or even favorite character of S-Rock so far? Let's let Soroxa go first for this. Uh, the creatures, obviously. I love, I love the way that the world influences the people and the flora, mm-hmm. but mainly the fauna. The creatures are so interesting and so cool, and I will be, I will be able to design some of them soon, which is super exciting. <laughs> I love designing monsters. Um, but, like... It is just so interesting because I've never seen, I've seen stuff like Star versus Shira. I've seen the way that different magic can affect, you know, different creatures, but they're all so basic. They're so boring. They're so like, they're like just normal hybrids that you would see, you know, every day. Something that was just pulled out of a mythology book. But this feels so different. The, even though we do some hybrids, it just feels so like real, so much more magical and like an actual alien. Yeah, because, like, some of the animals, the magical animals, they are, like, just... So, for example, in the Water Kingdom, um, there's, like, this one creature that's basically just, like, a bubble. <laughs> but, it, but it has, like... But it's it's living. It's a living bubble. It's a sentient bubble. I don't know how to explain it. They're all very elemental, which is so cool. It, it's just basically, like, a jellyfish, but it's actually a bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Interesting. But um, my favorite thing is the characters. Obviously, I don't know if you can tell, mm-hmm. but the characters are so fun, and I love the characters. And also, I love our team so much. It's so fun. It can be a lot at times, and we we have long discussions over the the most basic things in retrospect, mm-hmm. but. It's a lot of fun. I love our cast and crew. Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, especially the, the, the characters are one of the things I really love the most. Personally, me personally, I am a Hazel stan. I just love both like her character design and her voice actress yes. as well, Jazzy Green. Period. <laughs> Period. 
That's so fun. Thank you. Hazel's amazing. Uh, hey, oh, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I, I didn't realize you're not. I'm not the only one. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Every uh, time I, I've gotten any sort of assignment and it's like an option of something else in Hazel, <laughs> I always am like, can I just do the Hazel one? Can I just? I'd rather do that one. Please, she's just look at her. She's perfect. I mean, you have a whole Hazel assignment right now. You're literally redoing her turnaround. Okay. <laughs> she's Hazel's so great. pretty. Hazel's great, great and all, but great. What were you saying, Sir Roxy? Hazel's great and all, but but Crescenta. Crescenta, I'm not, I'm not dissing that. I'm not listening, Crescenta. I'm just saying, me personally, Hazel's just that step above. That's just me personally. We love Hazel. I'm, I'm excited to see because, well, I see more about like Crescenta, um, especially from like the background and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious to see where the, where we take Hazel because she's definitely one of the like the second most interesting characters to me okay okay that's interesting. interesting yeah and actually piggybacking off of that i'm gonna finish what i was saying because um i realized something yeah what i do love the most about writing the characters is again their interactions and how they interact with how their interactions vary with different people mm-hmm. um because the way chrysanth is going to talk to hazel mm-hmm. is very different from the way she's going to talk to river like she's going to make fun of river but like she's gonna she's going to be a lot more vulnerable around hazel Right. So yeah, Hazel and Crescenta have such a cool dynamic. Um, and also something we forgot—I forgot to mention in the representation part was, um, you know, Crescenta is autistic. Okay. Right, and that's also something that's very important to us when writing her character and some of the other neurodivergent characters. So yeah, and also, um, you know. There are so many stereotypes about neurodivergent people in media right now. Right. Like, um, but Crescenta definitely, like, combats those stereotypes. Absolutely. I can only imagine. And, Juno, I think you already gave us a hint of some of your favorite parts of it, but what has been your favorite part or favorite aspect of uh, S-Rock so far? So, as you know, Hazel's one of my favorite characters and her complicated <laughs> relationship towards her parents and okay. how that re- friendships especially with Crescenta and Crescenta's relationship with how she deals with having friends like one of the I'm sure you've seen the art of it because we've uh, I think we've posted it with Aurora and her she has a complicated past with Aurora and trying to heal from that as it is of having someone that was your friend and no longer is your friend because something had happened and they no longer you know view, view you as a friend but rather someone to look down upon and bully or belittle because they don't see you as someone equal to them. And so Crescenta getting over that hurdle with Hazel is phenomenally interesting to me. It goes back to what uh, Amin was saying, just kind of seeing the different character dynamics and like their histories and how they interact with each other. Like that's definitely going to be, if nothing else, like it's going to sound very professional me saying this, but it's going to be a major selling point for this series that this series Mm -hmm. we're going to like latch onto and love just seeing again, all these different characters and like how their interactions with one group may affect like a different group and such. Like it's something that I'm certainly excited to see as this series develops more. Uh, which, which leads me to ask, like, obviously like you guys are currently on the road. You guys are current as we are speaking. And as this episode re- is released, you guys are currently trying to crowdfund, at least getting the, uh, 92nd, uh, pilot or proof of concept, uh, made to be what is your guys's hopes with uh s rock well 
that I guess it's funded. That, that's, uh, that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good start. Yeah. Um, my hopes are that people connect with it, that people really see it for what it is. Like, even now, I'm not even going to lie, I'm kind of on edge because I want to... It's so... I keep getting faced with this challenge of having to summarize the project, mm-hmm. whether it's through the Kickstarter description, whether it's, like, um, someone asking me a question or, like, um, you know, talking about it on Twitter, right? But we can't. We can't summarize the project. In all honesty, it's hard. There's so much that goes into it. Right. Um... So yeah, I want people to see it for what it is. That's my main thing. I want people to l- look through the sugarcoating and the the magic and the um, fun-loving characters and just look, take it as it is, like, look deep into it. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, Juno or uh, Soroxy, do you have anything to add on to that or what you guys hope to accomplish with the series? Um, for me, this is the first project that I've been on that it's gotten further than just the production stage, whether it's actually coming along and posting on stuff. Because I've been on a couple other projects with smaller groups for independent comic stuff mm-hmm. that just never got too past things. And because of how small the group is and things for creative differences just had the group to span. This so far with this group, there hasn't been any of those issues. And that's interesting to me. So I've been sticking with them because we've gotten further than those comic projects. We've gotten through proof of concept for like character designs, backgrounds, and now we're even at a Kickstarter. And it's such a big group too that it's gotten like crazy to me that it's this far along. I can only imagine. Um, yeah. To add on to that, um, I also was kind of I was part of this project called uh, Hudsonville. And it was a pilot episode, but, you know, never really got anywhere. The uh, creator's currently doing a small comic on his Instagram. Um, But, like, other than that, I also have never really been a part of a project like this. And so I I hope that we can continue and at least get the proof of concept done. At the very least, I would like that to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I made sure that I sent in some money so that we could really, like, fund this project and hopefully, like, get it off the ground. Maybe if people see that we got about, like, 500 in there, maybe people will come in and say, oh, yeah, I want to fund this because it looks like it might be able to get off the ground because that's the problem is, like, if there's very little money, you're going to be like, oh, why send in my money? It's just going to get refunded anyways. And so I really hope that we can get past this kickstarting stage at least once Mm because then that will be something. Right. I agree. I want to. I want people to see it animated. I feel like um, no one will truly be able to grasp what we're creating unless they see the characters in movement. Unless they, we get to, you know, um, start rough animation, clean up all of that. So that's really important right now for us. Also, um, our style, I know it does feel like, you know, it, it feels pretty cartoony but like there there's so much that goes into it our style it's it's unique in its own ways yeah and um, we don't have oh one thing that we tried to do a lot is same is we want to stray away from same face syndrome right. the faces are so beyond expressive like and they tell you a lot about the character and their um ancestry even so long story short like um one of the most important things is you know telling an indie animated story not being confined by the limits of a 
big old studio and just getting this out there, showing people what we got. Absolutely. That's why I can imagine you guys went with the kickstarting route to really like jumpstart and really get this thing going to the point to where it wants to be. Um, I was going to say like, I, I'm one of those people to where I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to contribute to the Kickstarter because I want to make sure that this thing is funded more than anything else, which led me to, what was it? I saw on Twitter the end of the other day, I think you'd mentioned, you'd quote tweeted or something, but like someone had, was just casually like, Oh, 7,000 for two minutes of animation to which I'm like, do you, do, do you realize how many people are involved with this project? Do you realize that like animation is not something that you could just point and, yes. and there it goes. Like there's a lot that goes into it and such. You're lucky. Like it, it's, it blows my mind how some people there's still that stigma that like animation is like super easy and there's no need for to invest any money in it yeah and oh my god kickstarter fees like the taxes like the rewards there is so much that went into our budget like and that's that was us trying to keep it like um not too high like honestly we have to pay people what do you want from us like It's so funny because, yeah, uh, was it yesterday? No, it was like about two days ago. I was actually um, explaining this project to my mom and I ended up having to explain how animation works. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get past really the basics and it took me about two hours yeah. to just explain the basic concepts of animation. It's it's insane how there's still that kind of like stigma of just because it's made for kids, it doesn't need to have like the, the big boy money more than anything else. Ugh, I, mm, the, what was it, the Emmys or something, where they said that? Oh, it was, it was the Oscars, not this year, because, you know, there was the a whole time push. It was the Oscars last year that, yeah, yeah. Entertaining. Yeah, no joke. But I'm glad, I am sincerely rooting for you guys to get that, like, 7,000, at least get the proof of concept out the door, to let people, like, get a glimpse of what the potential of incredible stuff could be with this series, because, like, I think just by this conversation alone, like, you've already de- showcased that you've developed like this incredible concept that really needs to be seen more than anything else and i know i'm not the only person to really think that like i know you guys have developed like a good solid strong community so far like does it amaze you ever since you've really started this project how the the incredible community you've developed to go, come along with it you know what um nathan mm-hmm. i i really appreciate this because you know we see the support online and thankfully we have built a platform, but sometimes it's hard to see, you know, who is actually like watching, who's listening and like you putting so much effort into like the questions and telling us how much you um, care about it. Like, you know, it warms my heart because we see these the numbers and like the follow account and stuff, but like, you don't really, you don't hear from people, you know what I'm saying? So basically like, Wait, what was the question? No, no, I, was, I just wanted to put that out there. No, no, you're you're great. I was gonna say, like, are you amazed with more or less like the the support you have been able to get so far with uh, S Rock? Yeah, I'm. Are we grateful? Mm-hmm. Very much. Oh my god. Um, personally, I am very grateful for the support we've been able to um, accumulate. Like, recently we've exp- like we've done well on Twitter, which I'm very happy with. TikTok has always been great. Instagram, like, we've just you know we. We put a lot into promotion, right. so much because that's that's unfortunately the only way you can get out there with indie. Right. Like, um, we put our hearts and souls into making sure we have content for every single social media platform, 
and the fact that people are resonating with it that the fact that people we got that many submissions for the storyboard position like that we went through yesterday um it means a lot to me and i'm very grateful for everyone who is excited to see sunnyside worlds of cora absolutely i was gonna say like i mean like you were talking about like while you do see the numbers and you do see the support out there sometimes it's hard for you to really like i guess consider it consider like how much that support really is like with this podcast like i cannot tell you the amount of times that like i've you know brought on incredible people and pushed out episodes but it's also hard for me to gauge like truly like the support that's behind and the people that truly enjoy it but the fact that you know i'm getting like an a a solid average of viewers on a weekly basis the fact that i can post something and i can get like a good interaction of it like that's the thing that keeps me going when it comes to this podcast more than anything else like seeing the love and support even if it's a few or many, like there are people out there that truly love and appreciate what I'm doing. And that's why I want to keep forward and keep pushing forward and keep doing this kind of thing. And I imagine for, mm-hmm. for you guys with Sunnyside, like it may not seem like much now at times, it may seem like you're just pushing something out there into the void and it's just being lost in the ether more than anything else. But I can only imagine, especially with what the, the different characters you guys are implementing in the world and the, the subject matter, like there are people that are seeing this stuff right now and are truly touched that someone actually cares enough to make this a reality. Yeah. And I, I really, really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, Juno and and Siroxy, if you guys want to add on to it, like I can only imagine for you guys just helping out. I mean, bring this vision to reality. It must be amazing to see the the support that is there so far. So uh, Juno is absent at the moment. By the way, just okay, so you know. fair enough. I didn't see the message, but okay, Siroxy. <laughs> um. It's it's definitely good. I have had a lot of hard times like getting myself out there online it is so difficult especially these days to be able to be recognized online and so to see that something like this is kind of getting the recognition it deserves Mm -hmm. although i definitely i do i do think it deserves a little bit more but even to the point of getting several podcasts several like different interviews i think that's just that's just amazing especially me to be a part of something like that yeah and Thank you for allowing us to um, talk about our little thing. Oh, of course, on absolutely. Here. I mean, I, I know I said it before, but whenever you initially messaged me about wanting to to appear on the podcast, like I knew I was initially initially intrigued. I was just looking for a good opportunity to to bring you guys on because I I can tell just from the concept alone that you guys are developing that you guys truly do have something special brewing here. Like I, I I'm definitely excited to see where you guys could be taking this. You know, going forward next. Yeah, it's so, it's, as Sorox said, it's so difficult promoting, like, figuring out the way algorithms work. When does, when should we post? How should we post? What's going to resonate with people? Like, uh, like, it, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. I, I've said that, like, five bajillion times here, but there is. There's a lot that goes into everything. Like, um, but I'm glad that people are actually, like, seeing it. And I hope, I really, really hope that people support us on kickstarter as well because we we really want to make this happen we want to show people what it is we can do it's funny i know that's so random but sunnyside is funny it's not just angsty and like you know all of that stuff like it's funny i hope people see it for how funny it is and how the comedic moments that we have written in 
Right, right. Like I don't you, know. Like you initially, like I initially said in the beginning, it's a coming of age action adventure. Like it's not gonna be all like doom and gloom and serious, pro, you know, serious topics stuff like that. That's obviously a foundation for it. But at the end of the day, like it's supposed to be just like life in this amazing out of this world you know place like there's obviously funny stuff that happens in life i mean we we we, i bet we've all today at least have had one moment to where we couldn't help but laugh at just how ridiculous something is you know yeah exactly exactly now i mean we've talked a lot about the incredible like world that you guys have developed and i'm again like i said i'm excited to see where you guys are gonna be doing this going forth but for this next question, if I may, for each of you guys, I want to know more. I want to give you guys more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you guys. I'm like, look, I mean, Soroxy, uh, Juno, I, I know that you guys have some incredible stuff like brewing. I, I see the stuff you're tinkering with. And I see what's been presented out there. We just want to give you a little extra boost, a little, little extra platform to really go forth and make this thing a reality. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible and more money than there should be possible. We should really be making sure that those writers are paid for as well as the directors, screen actors, you know, the animation people, all sorts of different people. We'll, we'll focus on them in a little bit. I promise right now we are focusing on you guys and you guys alone. If given this opportunity, what would be your guys's dream scenario? And I mean, why would it just be 20 seasons of Sunnyside? Okay. <laughs> um, dream scenario. Um, okay. Dream, dream scenario. Uh, three seasons of Sunnyside. Yes, I said it. Three seasons. Um, maybe a spinoff, a couple books, a world building book, an art book, a diary. So fun. I just want people to like read, you know? Um, and also just us getting to... I don't know. Uh, do what we want to do with it. Like, if we want to make certain episodes longer, we can. This is, you said it's a dream scenario, okay? Yeah, no, um, go go all out with this. Yeah, um, you know, tw- ten, no, no, fifteen episodes. Okay. Per season, that's how that's the dream scenario. That's what we need. No, that's honestly like I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see so much of uh, Sunnyside like really develop into that. Um, Soroxy or Juno, whoever wants to answer first, whether it be helping out with Amin or your guys' own. What are your guys' dream project, dream scenario? If you had again, all you know, access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than there should be possible. If it was ever possible to possibly just make a short film for Sunnyside, even if we may not be able to get towards as many seasons, just having that ability to have something possibly 40 minute long or 30 minutes just to showcase a shorter storyline or something like that, that would be awesome for me and be able to work on it and be able to say, hey, this is what I learned from it. Sunnyside as a whole has been a learning experience for me and I'm very grateful for everything I've gotten so far intellectually from like when it comes to teamwork, when it comes to what it means for reaching out to other artists for like storyboards and fixes and just the pipeline of uh, critique for like the poster right now, we've been going through like ideas and trying to figure out what works and then getting to that stage of drawing it and then going back and forth with peer review of like what fixes need to be made. Okay. That'd be it. Would be interesting to to see how that would be fleshed out more than anything else. And Soroxy, how about yourself? 
Uh, for Sunnyside specifically, six seasons in a movie, obviously. No. Um, <laughs> so definitely three seasons. I would say 22 episodes instead of 15, because that's, that's what the animation usual used to be. I don't know why it got shorter. Um, cause that's like, that's the perfect amount to be able to have like a mid season and stuff. Um, definitely a movie. I think we definitely like plushies, obviously I want plushies, oh, yeah. especially of the characters I created. I want to, <laughs> I want a perpetual plushie. I want my boy. Um, I would love like, if the- you want a theme park, Roxy? <laughs> we want a theme park. There you go. Um, if there was like, if we had like the access to literally everything, we would have to make like like kids costumes and stuff Ooh. you know someone walking around looking like crescenta or like hazel um for my own thing i personally would like to create uh my own show that i've been uh, kind of tinkering with dimension alloy that like possibly six seasons i think i'm not okay. sure on that maybe seasons maybe a movie um but that one i would love to be able to create that and i have a bunch of other tons of different little stories that i want to do but that's my that's my baby right there i'm just just general curiosity because you piqued my interest now like can you give like a general overview of what dimension alloy is about because i i am intrigued oh boy um so the uh it takes place in this dimension that's aside from earth where there's this giant planet called alloy where there's millions of different types of creatures that all kind of live in harmony okay. um they're, they're a bunch of like fire water air shadow and then there's these four gods who are based on these different elements well three gods actually one of them is missing mm. um and so this king he's about to be crowned king because his father died and he ends up getting sent to earth by this mysterious figure and meeting these two humans who he brings along to his dimension in order to like you know, beat the bad guy, get him out of there. But it turns out he ended up connecting to this human and she can't go home without taking him with her. So Mm. she ends up staying in Alloy until they can fix it. The other human decides to stay with her as well, just to keep an eye on things. But the whole plot is basically trying to separate their souls from each other. And so that she can go home, he can stay um, in his dimension and rule his planets. But there's so many different problems with like, how the gods created these little creatures and how they determine are they evil are they good so you have this planet called the convict planet where they're just they did something horrible so they're put into like this prison planet then you have the outcasts who they were created but the gods decided they're going to do something bad but we don't know what it is so we're just going to put them there for now but they haven't done anything yet Hmm. and so there's these different like categories and there's this resentment and there's also this just belief that, oh, the gods know everything. They're the almighty beings. And so we got to kind of like fight against that idea. Okay. Either way, like that sounds like a really invested world as well. I can I, I can easily see why you probably want to hop board of this project as well as doing your own project because they both have these like invested worlds that are just out of this world more than anything else. That oh, is definitely. so cool, Roxy. There's so much. There's so much to it. It's so excited. I can only imagine. I definitely, I, I need to keep tabs on that one as well. Um, but, <laughs> but sadly, we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get back to reality. Sadly, and uh, reality. I'll, I'll ask the ever so generic question: Where do you guys hope to see yourselves, say, five to ten years from now? That's a long time. It is. Um, 
I'm gonna keep it on topic. Okay. So, um, with SSMH, um, I, again, uh, five to ten years from now, where do I see myself? I, I see myself creating, um, or I think SSMH would be done by then. I'm sorry. Yeah, SSMH would be done. Oh, I mean, I I see it being successful and it having a, a good, nice, long run with support. Or um, I see it having a positive impact on not only my life, but everyone else who worked on it. And um, I see a fandom. I vision, that's my vision, a fandom. Is there <laughs> I hope, already a fandom? I guess, yes, there is a fandom. I see a... I see a big fandom. <laughs> Hopefully, you you see the world that that uh, Juno and Roxy help flesh out a little bit more. Just like the the <laughs> the different spinoffs that potentially in the works, the the kids' costumes, all the, the whole nine yard, huh? A toxic fan. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope get not. There quicker than that. <laughs> but I do think I do think if we did have a fandom, though, it would be so multifaceted. Like okay. I think there's gonna be people. I think. I'm not, I'm not bringing negative energy out there, but I think we're going to have a dark side to our fandom. Well, I mean, every fandom has a dark side. Yep. That's true. There's n- the no wholesome fandoms. Plus, I mean, yeah, that's usually what happens. The more nicer the show, the more wholesome the show, the more intense the fandom is. Right. Oh my god. You get stuff that's like <laughs> scary never. shows that have the most wholesome people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> No, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> My little pony. <laughs> I'll say, hey, just imagine the people that will be impacted positively more than the loud people that are doing the negative impact when it comes to it. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's the thing is it outweighs. Like, it, it's kind of like, um. well, every fandom has a bad side. Mm-hmm. But regardless, for the most part, usually the bad side is just louder, but there's usually more positivity. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Roxy, Juno, whoever wants to answer first, where do you guys hope to see yourselves five to ten years from now? Hmm. I hope, uh, let's see. I hope that I would have my degree and that I would. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> gotta get that, gotta get that degree. Um. <laughs> Say the college hope... dropout. Anyways, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got two more years, I'm fine. There you um, go. So I would hope that I would have my degree and like in five years, I would hope to finally be a part of like a bigger production. I'm hoping maybe this production might grow a bit more um, and maybe even to just use this production to jump off because I'm going to be in L.A. So okay. I'm hoping that that can kind of get me some more contacts over there. Ten years, I really hope to be deeply into my other stories, hopefully like partway through Dimension Alley, maybe into Universal, you know. Okay. Yes. I, I again. That I is so de- cool. I again. I definitely want to see more of that. Whenever you get that stuff more developed, that stuff developed more as well. Uh, and Juno, where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? So I'm very simple for my personal stuff. I just hope that I'm financially stable because I come from a lower class. Okay. So there's that aspect. So as long as I'm financially stable and creatively doing something, whether that's working on my comic plagued or working with a, one of my friends working on his series Magnum or continuing working with Sunnyside, just something that is a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. I know, very humble and simple, but as long as I'm happy, you know what I mean? 
hey, that's all we can hope for at the end of the day, right? That's all we can ask for. Um, a simple life. Exactly. As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask each one of you. Um, obviously, you are all deeply entrenched in art in one way or another. I can tell just by the way that this story's coming along and how much of yourselves you put into this project and your own personal projects as well. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? I'm going to be so cheesy. Um, <laughs> art is a language. I think art is a language, and it's a language that you can... Um, it's, it's not a speaking language, obviously. I mean, it can be, but... Um, I feel like... To me, art is important because for some people, it's the only way they can truly express themselves. You know, like, we can't explain why we are, who we are, what we want sometimes. And I think art is like, just, you know, the way to explain that, explain like your perspective. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a good way of like wording it already as it is, just kind of how much, like going back to what we talked about her- earlier, like how personal it is to, to tell these kind of stories more than anything else. Um, Soroxy and Juno, is there anything you want to add to that, your own personal answers? Art is... Um, I think... Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, art definitely... People don't realize just how important art is to how we function as people. Mm-hmm even to the point where it can affect literally like any other animal. Other animals create art. The world itself is art. And that's so generic, but it is true. Everything from Discord to the computer to the technology we use, that's art. People don't realize design isn't everything. It is the bare function of everything that we experience right now. Our language is art. It is a form of art. We use um, like... Like sign language, that's art. Your hair, that's art. What you wear is art. You're literally wearing art right now. And so people really don't understand how important art is to a society. Without art, we would be so boring. We would be robots, which is funny because robots are art. Um, But like art is so important to me because it is my expression. I mean, currently I'm making a fursuit head right now. So that in itself is expression. It's another way to truly be yourself while still stepping outside of who you are as a human being. You can really, I mean, using this show, you are creating something that is not real, but at the same time, it feels real. You can insert yourself into it, even though these characters are two dimensional Mm -hmm. and they're literally having magical powers and blowing stuff up with them. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, And so like, it's just a huge influence on everything. And I really wish that people would start to appreciate that more. Yeah, art is a spell. Art's an experience. Exactly. I think that's why it's important. I think it's important because it's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's an, ex- it's an escape, right? It, it's entertaining. It brings you joy. It makes you feel things. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Juno, is there anything you want to add to that? Siroxy just said that so well. I, I don't I know. even know if there's anything I can really add to that, but genuinely, there is no humanity without art. Art's validating. Exactly. 
Yeah. It's kind of like a connection with the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I think, and that's something we aim to do with our show as well, like validate people's experiences. Exactly. Mm. That is a wonderful way to word it all around with everyone's statements. If I do say so myself. Uh, oh, and actually, to end that off, it's kind of funny—not ironic, but like it does connect because every single culture does art. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is that's true. something that connects us all. I was gonna say, like you know. That that's something I've definitely been able to to see more first and first and more firsthand. Getting to talk to so many di- different people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences, stuff like that. But like at the end of the day, like like you guys are saying, art is universal. That is again a wonderful way to word it. If I do say so myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, that is all the questions I have for you guys. I've already showered you all with a bunch of praise, but I want to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, like uh, again, when I was first aware of this project, whenever you guys actually got in touch with me saying, "Hey, we'd be interested in hopping on the podcast," like I'll be honest, I was a little sketchy, but I did love what I had seen. I, it was incredible. The God. it was incredible. The work you guys had put into it like seeing the the different characters that you guys are really putting forth and uh the 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 unique world that you guys are developing like i instantly fell in love with what this project could be and what this project is right now um getting an opportunity to to talk with you guys i I mean it was it's been incredible to get to really get to know you realize how personal this story is more than anything else and how much you truly love this story not just to tell this story but also like the people that you brought on board to really help tell this story more than anything else. I'm so grateful that you introduced me to, to Juno and Siroxy. Uh Thank you both for being here to really showcase that love and support for this project. Because if nothing else, like I could already tell there was a lot of love going into this project. But hearing your guys' story right now, more than anything else, it makes me truly love and appreciate everything you guys are putting forward um i am going to be rooting for you guys every single step of the way like i said i as soon as i can i'm going to be donating to kickstarter because i want to see this project come to fruition i want to see people love and connect to this stuff i want to see people truly appreciate what you guys are putting forward because you guys are putting forward something something else something incredible that people need to see long and the short of it Thank you guys for what you do. Thank you guys for putting yourselves truly in this project and keep up the incredible work. Seriously. Thank you, Nathan. Oh my <laughs> God. That was so much. Thank you. You're doing, as I said, you're doing God's work. You're like, you're, this is incredible. You are such an amazing human being for like giving people a platform. That is so kind. What? Like you're amazing. And Thank you for taking the time to get to know us on our project. I'm sorry that my little message seems sketchy at first, okay? <laughs> um, but say, um, look, look, to be fair, I'm always instantly skeptical whenever I get a random message from some from an artist I hadn't heard about. It's not just you. It's just the general, hey, we're interested in showcasing our art. Okay, let me take more than two seconds before I agree to have you guys on. That's you know? fair. That's <laughs> fair. Don't worry. But thank you for doing your research. I really, really admired that. Um but yeah, do you know Siroxy? It was a pleasure meeting you, and it was wonderful talking with you. Absolutely. Put the same goes to, to everyone here. And Siroxy, if you have anything to add, please go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much. And thank you, uh, Amin, for inviting me onto this, too. Uh, thank you for inviting us on here and letting, letting me come onto this, like, especially being my first podcast and everything. I think yeah. this is just 
This is the best way to use this kind of platform. This is like the most beautiful way to be able to be like, hey, I have the ability to show this. I'm going to promote other people. Thank yeah. you so much for just putting the time in for us like that. That's That's been basically the mission statement of this podcast from day one. Whatever, no matter how big or how small my platform is, if there's any way I can help, I want to. And so that's why, again, I want to say thank you guys for putting forth and trying to make your vision reality. Whatever way I'm willing to help, that is what I want to do. So thank you guys as well. So, but... If people want to see just exactly why I'm, you know, all gushy about, you know, a bunch of magical teenagers, you know, learning how to do their magic while eventually being kings of the kingdom, stuff like that, go ahead and plug your guys' stuff for the people at home. I, I'll, I'll go reverse order because I want to save Amin for last because that's the big ones that you guys want to know. So, Juno, where can people find your stuff? So, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as Jupiter underscore Amore or Jupiter Amore without the underscore, depending on if it's already taken. <laughs> Fair enough. Roxy, where can people find you? Uh, let's see. I have a bunch of different ones. Um, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, uh, Linktree. Yeah, basically just Linktree. Um, I think that's it. As Soroxy. There you go. And Amin, where can people find more about you and, of course, Sunnyside Royals of Korra? You can find a lot about me on Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube. You can join the Sunnyside Magic High fan base Discord server if you want. Um, and then when it comes to Sunnyside, you can support Sunnyside on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, Tumblr, the Discord <laughs> server, so many different socials, and you can find them all on our website, sunnysideroyalsofcora.com. And you can also find us on Kickstarter, which is where we are crowdfunding for our 90-second animated proof of concept, which should hopefully boost our um, next crowdfund for our pilot, which is something we really want to get out there. So if you got the money, if you know someone who's got the money... <laughs> Be sure to forward the link to them and tell them about how cool the project is, how cool the people behind it are. Like, do you know Soroxy? Can I just say, like, the way Soroxy was answering these questions, you are a natural at this. Like, <laughs> oh my god. It's ironic because I hate public speaking. <laughs> well, you see, this isn't public speaking. This is podcast. This is calm, cool, casual conversation. So you're just a good conversationalist. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. or maybe I'm just confident that you'll be able to edit anything out. That is also and true. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, Juno, for like being so genuine as well. I really appreciate you guys um coming on so quickly. Yeah, thanks for inviting us, dude. There you go. And for those yeah. that... Oh, sorry, go on, Juno. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and for all those that are wondering if you guys missed any of those links, I'll be sure to have them in the description below. The first one, obviously, being that Kickstarter. I am dead serious, guys. If you are able to, please donate to the Kickstarter. Help these guys make this dream a reality. Um, If nothing else, spread the word about it. Like, it's an incredible project that deserves that love and support more than anything else. Do you guys have any final words before we sign off? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you guys as well. Thank you guys for listening. All I have left to say is for the people at home, pay your artist. Make sure oh, you pay your see, artist. Oh, see you on the sunny side. There you go. Sorry. 
Air artist and see you on the sunny side. Best outro ever, 10 out of 10. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, like I said, this was certainly a project that I've been keeping an eye on and one that actually reached out to me about hopping on the podcast. And, you know, I'm very open to hearing out what other people have going on and seeing kind of the stuff that Amin and the crew currently are working on to try to make Sunnyside a legit thing and really try to bring in the attention to the people like i knew i needed to do my part and try to help them out spread the word um amin Soroxy, juno if you've gotten to this point um thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this interview it was seriously fun and if i wasn't previously excited for something side i'm definitely excited now knowing the kind of team that you guys got going on uh i know more than anything else like what little bit I can offer when it comes to getting the word out there, that's that's the most I can hope for. That's the least I can do for a group as passionate as this because, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're all in the same boat when it comes to, like, self-promotion and stuff. Like, I'm trying my best to, to get the name of the podcast out there just like they're trying their best to get the name of their project out there and their Kickstarter to, to fund it more than anything else. So I know at the end of the day, if there's anything I can do to help get that out there, I am more than happy to take and I am more than happy to help them out so much, as much as I can. <laughs> it makes me, you know, it, it, it makes me hopeful knowing that there's incredible projects out there that are trying everything they can to get the word out there. You know, I'm sure you can look around on the internet just about every single time you turn around, there's always something new to be concerned about. There's always something horrible and atrocious and no, dear God, please send it all when it comes to just, you know, all the bad news, we'll stop it. But you know, it's, it's projects like this. It's projects in the, in the animation sphere, it's projects in music projects, digital art and commissions, stuff like that. Seeing people producing incredible stuff that I know that they're absolutely passionate about is why I'm going to go to my grave chanting the names of all these projects as high as possible. Um, these guys are doing incredible work, and you guys, if you can, either donate or just spread the word. Like, if it's a project that you sincerely feel passionate about, and even if you can't even donate a dollar because times are tough, and trust me, I get it. Times are tough. I fully get it. Don't don't doubt that. You would not believe the power of a simple like and retweet can have, or making your own post about it on you know any sort of platform. Any way that you can spread the word about these projects helps out more than anything else in the world. So if you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you guys enjoyed Sunnyside and what they're presenting, I sincerely encourage you guys 
to spread the word about this podcast or spread the word about the Kickstarter that Sunnyside is currently trying to do. Let's get S-Rock to get that first step in the right direction, to tell the story that they want to. Because I can certainly tell, at least from Amin, Siroxi, and Juno, that they have an incredible crew that is ready to tell an incredible story.